Jeremy Renner returns to Paramount Plus for a brand new season of the original hit series, Mayor of Kingstown. My job is to create a balance. Avoid a war. From executive producer Taylor Sheridan, co-creator of Yellowstone. There's some new players in town, and they brought the plague. And Antoine Fuqua, director of Training Day. I know it's always been a war zone, Mike, but this is next level. The mayor is back in business. Are you warning me? You're going to find out. Mayor of Kingstown. New season streaming June 2nd, exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Freaking first cut. Golly! Welcome to the First Cut Podcast. I'm Rick Gaiman, and this is your round three podcast for the Masters. And joining me to break it all down, it's Mark Immelman. And Mark, you have had a very unique perspective of the tournament this week. You've been on Amen Corner coverage. It's good to have you. It's good to be back uh, with you guys. I've been listening to what you've been doing. I've appreciated all your insights and stuff. And yeah, uh, Amen Corner is pretty cool. I mean, it's such an iconic stretch of holes and and this year, um, goodness gracious me, they played hard, man. Even 13, there's been a few eagles given up there, but it hasn't been as um, benevolent as it ordinarily is. And so it's a different perspective. But that being said, you know, you've got to play that stretch of golf in, through, in even par and say amen and go on and, and maybe cobble together a score somewhere else. But uh, I tell you what, it's, it's a thrill to be at the Masters. It always is. And, and, to, and to call those three holes, I, I sort of feel like it's a bit of a cool throwback for me, you know. Yeah, absolutely awesome stuff. And Saturday was eventful. It's moving day on the PGA Tour. And uh, Hideki Matsuyama goes absolutely insane, Mark. But it was not before, uh, you know, we had this rain delay, right? So we had this 77-minute weather delay in the midst of this third round. Hideki Matsuyama didn't play all that well before the weather delay. But after he gets back out on the golf course, he birdies 11. He birdies birdies 12 he adds an eagle at 15 makes two more birdies at 16 and 17 mark so i'm imagining that what he did is in that 77 minutes he found something in his game and i'll I'll check the oh no no he spent that time scrolling through his cell phone in his car mark that that is what hideki did before coming out and blistering the back nine at augusta georgia at augusta national Maybe he was listening to the First Cut podcast and he found something from you guys. I, you know, oftentimes weather delays are good for some and bad for the, for others. And the thing to me that was a big deal for Hideki was if things aren't going right, you know, it's good to get a timeout, if you will. It's kind of like any other team. If the team's going down, you call time and you try and change the momentum some. So that was a bit of a timeout. But you've got to bear in mind, too, um, when you go in for inclement weather, you mark the golf ball wherever it is. And off 11T, he had blown it way right. I mean, wide right over the pine trees down the right-hand side there. And um, the ball's in the uh, second cut. It's, it's outside of the uh, fairway. So you get to mark. And then, obviously, you pick the ball up and you get to clean it, you know, it's uh, because now you're going into the clubhouse. You come back out and you replace it in the same place, but the ball's clean. So maybe there was some debris on there. Who knows? But you get a clean golf ball. You get to hit some practice shots before you come back out. And then after that rain squall rumbled through here, instantaneously the golf course changed personalities some and conditions became not receptive, but just a little bit more receptive than what they were in that back hole location on 11. It, it, it's like the impossible target. If you're standing there in the fairway, you've got to have, have absolutely the right club to attack. And if even you're doing it, you have to be careful because there's nothing but 
disaster that awaits. And he flattened this low medium iron in there to about hole high. It's stuck inside 15 feet, drains that, and hits a nine iron on 12 to like 12 feet, drains that. And all of a sudden, you're like, whoa, check this out. And then incomprehensibly, three putts for par on 13. <laughs> yeah. But I feel like, you know, well, everyone was struggling with that green. Just the speed was a little off to what they were thinking. But I think getting to put your hand on the ball on 11, this sounds kind of wrong, but, you know, it's within the rules, obviously. You know, replacing and getting a more receptive green to that whole location, that effectively could have changed the Deke Matsuyama's masters. It certainly did for him. And then he goes in the tear to finish off. And I think, you know, the final eight holes he played, he essentially shut the door on a number of guys. I mean, there were a number of folks that were in with a shot that all of a sudden after the back nine he played, they're almost out of this event. He certainly might have closed a lot of these guys out. He's four clear of the of the chase pack, the seven under pars. To put his his round into perspective, Mark, it was the first bogey free round of anyone in the field this week. It was not without a little tension on 18 because he hits from the fairway bunker on his approach shot. Fly, flies 18 green. Now he's in the back there. He's got kind of this awkward uh, little pitch back to the whole location. He gets that done, which this, this would have still been a great 66 if if he makes bogey on 18, but for him to get up and down from that, that spot and get in bogey free has to be feeling really good at dinner tonight. Well, I didn't see the the main show coverage, but I'm certain Sir Nick would have said from behind the green, the fact that the conditions were a little more soft, that pitch shot from behind the green to that back hole location that was made easier too, because, you know, just beyond that um, few feet, there's that slope that feeds down to the forward portion of the green. So, you know, Thursday from back there, you've got no chance. I mean, you either leave it short or you hit it down the hill 40 feet. And I think a little rain that fell there softened things up just enough to be able to hit the ball short and feed it up there. And just one more thing to bear in mind, with the rye overseed that they have in the fairways and in the second cut here, when that gets a little moist, it takes some of the stickiness away. And so if it's moist around the greens, you know that the first hop if you're chipping a bump and run, will skid and then kind of go forward as opposed to hit and stick a little bit like we've seen players. Lots of players gone with putter from off the green. He knows now after some rain, some moisture, that ball will skirt off there. And so it makes that bump and run that he hits. Look, the skill was high, but the situation kind of lent itself to him being a little bit more successful. To put this in in broader strokes, Hideki Matsuyama is the first Japanese male to ever lead or co-lead any round at the Masters. Uh, Mark, I, I've been out at the Shriners on a Thursday morning where there are six fans out there and there are five members of the Japanese media following Hideki Matsuyama around on a Thursday morning. I, I, I don't even know if I have the adjectives to be able to describe how impactful this victory would be for Japan as a whole. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it would be off the charts um, for Hideki to win not just the major, but the masters, you know, because the masters, you know, from a financial point of view, it's just the most, it's the event. It's the grandest of all grands. And, and to the folks over in Japan, it's, you know, it's up there with the gods really. And then if he gets to follow this thing up after the young lady, Subasa, who won the Augusta national women's amateur on Friday, I mean, this would be, they, they, they might have a public holiday on Monday <laughs> after this achievement in golf, because golf is so popular over there. And, 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 and I, and I want to just quickly give a nod to Aya Miyazato, you know, from the LPGA tour, 
when she won her first major, it was just it was it was newsworthy over there and, and and she just elevated her stature in Japan to just otherworldly level. And if Matsuyama pulls this off, man, it's gonna be crazy because you're right. Every event, it could be he could be playing in Jackson, Mississippi, with respect to Jackson, Mississippi. <laughs> but I'm just throwing out one of the smaller events on the tour. If Hideki's there, there's a contingent of media alongside, and he answers questions before and after the round every single time, and they document every shot he hits. In fact, they do that for all of the Japanese players. Yeah. So if he pulls off this Masters win, man, it is going to be mayhem over there in Japan. And then imagine if he is your Masters champion leading into the Olympics, which will be held in Tokyo. Yeah, it is going to be something. It's going to be something really, really special. Uh, Justin Rose was our 18-hole leader, and he has been a magnet stuck to this seven-under par number mark for now two full days. That's where that's where he was after 18 back-to-back rounds of even par. So he's going to enter Sunday in that chase pack, uh, four back of. Hideki Matsuyama, you know, it, it's been kind of a weird week for him. I think he even surprised himself with how well he played on Thursday, considering the state of his game leading into this event. And he's had a couple of runs where I thought it was, I thought the wheels were falling off. He was able to get it back together. Mm-hmm. Then I thought there were some runs where I was like, okay, Justin Rose is going to extend his lead here. Nope, comes back. And he's just this seven under. Seven under has been where Justin Rose has sat uh, for two full days. Yeah, the truth, though, um, for a guy who was really lightly run coming in here, I mean, the last event he played was the Arnold Palmer Invitational. And remember, he was playing alongside Bryson um, there and then withdrew with an injury. And he hadn't played competitively since. So the verdict was out, even for him, you know, coming into this event, having not played under pressure. Now, practicing, it had been going well from the reports. And but, but but playing in practice and playing at Augusta National in the Masters are two different things. They, they're worlds apart. And so I think the first round was sublime. I mean, that's one of the great rounds I've seen in all of my years covering golf. But from then, it looks like he sort of cobbled stuff together a little bit. And the 72 he put together in round two was huge. And today gets off to the good start with a couple of birdies early. But it was just scrappy. You could see he wasn't too sure of the directional miss. I thought he putted great, which is a testament to him and his mental strength. But it's just not there completely. Now, maybe he finds it tomorrow and puts together something special. But it's hard to play around with the Augusta National Golf Club or any major championship for that matter without your best stuff. Um, People can do it. But for four rounds in a row, that's really, really hard. And I think it was a manful day he put together yesterday. Um, I think he did well today. But through the uh, second nine, you could just sort of see him battling the form a little bit. Now, hopefully he has a good day tomorrow and puts some pressure on Matsuyama. But this is just a function, I think, of a guy who was battling with technique, now got a new swing instructor, and just really hasn't played for a while. A couple other young Americans in this chase pack. Will Zalatoris, who to me has answered uh, every single possible question that we could have asked of him in his young career. It doesn't seem to matter what type of course or what type of field you put him in. This guy seems to find a way to put his name on the first page of the leaderboard. And then there's a lurker, Mark. There's there's Xander Shoffley, who we yeah. know uh, has not done well converting 54 whole leads. And in fact, all five of his PGA Tour victories have, every, have actually come from the chase 
position. All five of his wins, he has shot 68 or better to track someone down. It's probably going to require Hideki to come back to the field at some point on Sunday, but these are the guys that are going to try to jockey for position if Hideki does open the door a bit further. Well, advantage out of all of those, I think, is to um, to, uh, Shafley, who's playing alongside Matsuyama. So he's got the target in his sights. And I've got to tell you, you know, I'm related to a guy who was won the Masters who had a two-stroke lead leading into the final round. That two-stroke lead was gone by the second hole. <laughs> so he's four back currently. If he gets off to a fast start, maybe picks off one and the decky makes a bogey on the first or whatever, you know, all of a sudden fours two. And if you know, and then then it becomes emotional and mental and stuff like that. Although Hideki has looked pretty bulletproof uh, mentally. Um, the thing that I think Shafley's got going for him is he played alongside Matsuyama today, and so he understands what he's up against. And Hideki, if there's a weakness, it's on the greens, and and, and you can't get by the Masters not putting well. You you just not it's not going to happen. So, so I, I hand the advantage right now to Shafley and Zalatoris. I've got to tell you, I mean. I was watching him play today, and he looked like it was just another Saturday afternoon. I was so impressed at his demeanor, and just he was taking it so much in his stride. I mean, the guy looked like it was just the easiest thing in the world to him, and it isn't. So that was impressive. Um, but there's something about Mark Leishman right now. Throughout mm-hmm. the week, he looks like he's sort of been really chilled out with the whole deal. He's got life in perspective after his wife already battled toxic shock syndrome many moons ago, and... And he's played well here before. Remember back in 2013, he was in the group alongside Adam Scott. And when Scotty knocked in that birdie putt on 18 to get into the playoff, there's that picture of Leishman pumping his fist. Mm-hmm. And that speaks to who Leish is. And maybe that karma will turn around and someone will be pumping their fist for Leishman birding the last to get himself into a playoff. Who knows? But I'll tell you, whatever it is, um, Hideki's going to need to do them favors because there haven't been many rounds in the 60s, and um, they're going to need something in the 60s to uh, to catch up with Matsuyama. Leishman going out with Justin Rose in the penultimate group. It'll be Will Zalatoris and Corey Connors. It'll be Jordan Spieth and Brian Harmon. Those are your final four groups, along with Hideki Matsuyama and Xander Shoffley for Sunday. A couple of notable things happened out there on the course, Mark. Uh, number one, Corey Connors makes an ace on six and then backs it up with a birdie on seven. He plays six and seven in four strokes, Mark. I'm no, I'm no uh, rocket scientist. That's a pretty good stretch of two holes <laughs> yeah i'll say <laughs> especially at six although the whole location at six was sort of receptive today you could bank one in there with that slope in behind the hole um but when i saw that more when i saw the fleetwood ace on thursday you know i remember on the the masters setup podcast you had asked about we'll see an ace this week well mm-hmm. i should have taken that bet i said that i thought we would now there's a couple um yeah. so i'm excited i just wish we'd see an ace on 12 on our coverage because it's been I think since 19, I don't know, 88 perhaps, since there's been an ace on 12 and it was Curtis Strange. So I'm looking forward to one in one of our feet, one of our amen corner holes. I think we've had one a day. I think we've had one in each round. Is that we had a Fleetwood, we had a Connors, and I think there was one in round two, but I can't remember what it was. Maybe we didn't. 
Uh, to me, know. there's only three holes that count this week, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Well, uh, Jordan Spieth made his way through Amen Corner and even par, and it wouldn't be the first cut if we did not talk about Jordan Spieth, who uh, is going to card an even ra- an even par 72 on Saturday, which unfortunately feels like it's probably over for Spieth's chances here. He made a really sloppy double on seven, didn't have as much magic on his second nine. Uh, now, six shots back mark uh it's it's a great run he's still got plenty of opportunities to make noise on sunday but uh the opportunity for him to don the green jacket once again is it's it's getting a lot smaller yeah it's slimmer and quick nod to our producer jacob in 1988 um curtis strange hold a seven iron from 155 and number 12 um yeah but back to spieth um fatigue for me was always a question you know he's played six of eight weeks leading into this um, I think the victory last week took it out of him mentally and emotionally. And there's only so long the adrenaline will keep you up. And when he was competing and he was scrapping and doing Jordan Spieth stuff and he was close to the lead, you know, the adrenaline keeps going. But when you have yourself a bit of a letdown, like today he didn't start that round really solidly and was all over the joint and made a miraculous birdie on eight. And, uh, you know, when things start to go in the wrong direction, that adrenaline supply sort of goes away and letdown sets in. And you could almost see that a little bit out of him on the second nine today. But he's Jordan. You know, he does stuff like this. And and maybe tomorrow he does something special. But uh, I'm with you. I think perhaps the uh, that, that, that lightning run might have come to an end uh, this afternoon on the second nine. And then the other guy that we have to talk about before we take a break and talk about the, the final round, uh, Justin Thomas, who seemingly – he could not get anything going after the restart. He missed a couple of short putts. He ends up making a really ugly triple bogey on number 13. And he, along with Jordan Spieth, uh, entering the third round uh, were, I mean, he was one of the favorites, according to our friends over at William Hill and shooting a, a third round 75, three over par. Now 10 shots back of Hideki Matsuyama. Uh, just an ugly result from JT on, on Saturday. Yeah, his entire Masters was put paid to on number 13 today. Um, he was trying to hit that sweeping hook around the corner, blocked it some. Um, then from there, pitches it out as you would, um, and then whiffs a wedge into the uh, penalty area, the creek, and then skins the next one you know, to a place where I actually set it up. I'm like, well, this could get disastrous because everybody to then left the ball about five, six, seven feet short, which he did, and then misses the next one. And all of a sudden, the thing's done. Then he backs that up with a bogey. But that's almost the situation where even Justin Thomas goes, oh, my goodness, really. I mean, all of this work for 36, 45 holes or so is undone by one mistake on 13. And that's what, you know, major championship golf represents. And that's why it's so easy, they're so difficult to, to win these things. And it was disappointing, certainly. And I sort of count myself slightly, you know, slightly partly to blame because, Last night on HQ, I'd said, they asked me for who's the winner. I'm, I'm like resoundingly the way he's playing, Justin Thomas. And so that was a bad call. And also said the one to watch was Bryson DeChambeau. And that wasn't the best call either. So maybe it's partly on me for kind of ruining JT with my, my vote of confidence. All right. Well, I'm going to give you an opportunity to ruin someone else and make another <laughs> bad call. But first, we're going to take a quick break and hear a word from our partners. Did you know that while over 60% of Americans dream of starting their own business, less than 20% of them take the first step? The reason? Building a business is tough. 
Taylor Brands is simplifying the business journey. From launching and managing to growing your business, Taylor Brands isn't just another tool. It's your online business partner from launch to success. With Taylor Brands, building your dream business becomes an effortless experience. Their comprehensive platform guides you through every step, ensuring you have everything you need in one place. From LLC formation to bookkeeping, invoicing to acquiring licenses and permits, and even setting up your bank account, Taylor Brands handles it all seamlessly. And our listeners will receive 35% off Taylor Brands LLC formation plans using our link, taylorbrands.com slash Sports. That's T-A-I-L-O-R-B-R-A-N-D-S dot com slash CBS Sports. So start your business journey today with Taylor Brands. And we're back, Mark. It is no surprise that Hideki Matsuyama with a four-shot lead heading into the final round of the Masters is the betting favorite from William Hill. He is minus 120. So essentially, he is a little bit better than a coin flip against everyone else in the field. It's either Hideki or the field. Those are essentially the options uh, that William Hill is giving you. So let's start there. If Hideki wins this, what goes right? And if Hideki loses this, what goes wrong? Well, you know, the one big comeback that was made was Felder versus Norman, but Felder was in the same group as Norman. And Nick shot 67 and Greg shot, oh, goodness, I think it was might have been 79 or 77. It was something high. Um, so for Hideki not to win, Xander, who's in the final group, has got to get busy early. And Hideki's got to have one of those days. Uh, but just the way he's striking it right now, I can't see it happening. Now, he might have a misstep or two on the greens, but just the way he's playing, 69 and 71. Um, he got really fortunate in day one where he hit a ball that was supposed to be in the creek on 13, but it hung up. And he turned that into a birdie four. And my commentary colleague then, Grant Boone, said, look, this is early, but you might want to pay attention to that. And now that break could be the separator. Who knows? But I know this, the way Hideki's striking the golf ball, he's going to give himself a number of opportunities. And he's got to have a really bulky day with a putter and start missing a few shots for Xander Shoffley to catch him. But again, you look at the low scores that we've seen so far. 65 has been low. Hideki's 65 was virtuoso today. I think low by three. Um, someone's going to need something like that tomorrow because if Shafley shoots 68, that gets him to 11. So that means that Matsuyama is going to have to shoot over par. So right now I think it's heavily in Matsuyama's favor. I think that's right. Uh, here, here's what I want, Mark. I, I would, if Hideki wins, that would be great. It would be awesome for the game. I'd love to see it. Here's 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 all that I want. Uh, Hideki to go uh, bogey par and for, for Xander to go birdie birdie. Just, just give us a sweat. Get, like, let this thing get close early. If Hideki ends up winning it, that's great. But I don't want this to be a four and a half hour you know, walk in the park for Hideki. I want a little bit of adversity out there. You sound like such a television guy. Now. I mean, you, you, you're going for ratings now. You're going for the excitement. But I'll, I'll tell you this much. I've been in many a, a, a pre-production meeting. And you know, a couple of years ago at Bethpage Black, uh, Brooks had the lead. He would won a major coming in, um, another one. And he had the big lead there. And, and the production meeting was like, okay, what are the storylines? And, you know, I'm sitting in a room with a bunch of doyens of the TV industry. And I'm like, there's nothing wrong with a storyline being a coronation of someone who deserves it. Mm. And I think if tomorrow is Hideki Matsuyama's coronation, it's going to be a pretty cool story. So if he trots to the victory and just, you know, eases across the finish line, great. 
if it's tight and it's exciting, awesome. Uh, either way, I think golf wins. Either way, I think golf wins. That is the perfect line for us to go out on. We are going to get a Masters champion in 24 hours or less, and we'll be here to talk through it all. But for now, let me give a big thanks to producer Jacob doing all the hard work behind the scenes. And let me thank Mark Immelman, who you can find at Mark underscore Immelman. Mark, enjoy it. I know it is not only a big day for golf, it is a big day for you. It's going to be a lot of fun out there. I hope you have a blast. Uh, thanks, Rick. Rick. I appreciate you. And I appreciate some of the tweets. Um, I saw some guy was janking on my accent, but I appreciate you backing me up. So it's very cool. You. Thank you. I got you, brother. All right, that'll do it. This has been the first cut. We'll catch you next time. moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app.